Y'all already know what it is. Mogul talk. Whole lot of gang shit you heard. Season two and another one. And another one. Episode ten and another one. And another one. And a and a and a. Hey. Woo. Bam. Uh. We out here. Whole lot of gang shit, and we're out here with some cheer. Uh. <laughs> but we're not really rappers out here. Uh, we just spitting our minds and spitting the time and spitting these games and spitting these rhymes, bro. Yeah. Whole lot of gang shit. Dropping that food for the mind, for the money. Yeah. That was fine. That was a Whole lot of gang shit. Call me round table. These Woo! are my hosts. This is the stable. Uh. This is the label. Do anything. Woo! Got BB Who, check the rhyme, nigga, everyone. Jotted musician, Alyssa the singer. And I call my homegirl, Ali the Great, is the singer. And we got King Jules killing it. And my nigga DJ Smooth killing it. On the ones and twos, the threes and the fours. The international going all around the world. Uh, conversation with hot, uh, you Haitian, Asian, Bayesian, or maybe Caucasian. Oh, hey. bars. Uh, yo, <laughs> that was fine. We the niggas that be style on you every day. You come to my closet and you trying to do a little pay. Trying to take my jacket, my shoes, my fucking pants. My nigga get your own shit, I know you my fucking stand, uh. You my biggest fan, shawty, I know you love it. Come to my crib and you know I love to touch it. When he go down low every day, son. I'll take your panties off and make you come, yeah. <laughs> you know I talk it dirty every night. Slap you with it right. Uh, that's that's fucked up. You can't slap him. With that's it, right? fucked up, man. That's but we are welcome to Mogul Talk, another episode. Thank you guys for being here. Um, thank you guys for the coming to the show last time. You know it was lit. It was the time of our lives. What was the name? Black Lovin'? Black. Lovin'. No, that was the last one. Yeah, that was Black Lovin'. Not. Yeah. yeah Black oh, Black Lovin'. Black Lovin'. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. Honestly, I'm super happy just to see um our people just flourishing. Um, Black History Month 2018 was just one for the books. Um. I really just have to say that, like, it's truly amazing, honestly, um, to see us flourishing. Uh, Black Panther out here killing it. We killing got, it. We got niggas setting world records out here all day, every day. 16 days, they almost touch a billy. It's crazy. They haven't touched a billy yet? I think it was like 900 million the last time I checked worldwide. Wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not at a billy yet. It's been but like three oh, weeks. close. Yeah, yeah, close. yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, like, that shit is wild. Nah, it is. It really is. That shit is wild. It's, I mean, it's to be expected. One, it was it was Marvel. Yes. But also... It betrayed a, the black dollar. Power the black dollar. Honestly. Power the fucking black dollar. And black people just... You know, whenever something is black, it's cool as fuck. Honestly. Everybody wants to be so black. Everybody wants to... Honestly, it was just amazing <laughs> to go to the theater. White people want to be black. <laughs> white people want to be black. That's why Southern black people... White people say that N-word. <laughs> Seriously. That's not only why. Um, no, it's just crazy because I went to the movie theater and I just saw, like, all the different people there. And it was, like, mostly us, but just to see, like, the support of the white ally and, like, they really out here a whole lot of gang shit, too. You know what I mean? I think we, it's like everybody's understanding that we are the culture the thing is people were gonna see this shit anyway because it was True. marvel it's marvel every marvel was popping yeah. out here popping out here when they saw black panther in civil war like they were like oh shit but when we have kendrick fucking executive producing, producing the, the album, album like that just is part went deep rooted into the culture and that's really what makes it pop od and it was a great movie not and that's this is what i've heard I have not yeah, seen the movie. Yeah, you haven't even seen the movie I have yet. not seen the movie, but, no, it is a but great what film. I've heard is that it's the most popular movie ever. Um, I definitely am looking forward to seeing <laughs> it very soon. Sorry, guys. 
Um, I've actually seen it, but I need to see it for a second time. Um, I kind of went back and watched Civil War again, and it put a lot of things into context. Like already have haven't seen um, Black Panther, it was just like okay, that makes sense. This puts pieces together that I wasn't really paying attention to while I see I saw it. So now that I know those pieces, now I'm gonna go back and kind of just like see that again. Um, and I promise you, when the new Avengers comes out, oh, it's gonna be lit. It might even break Black Panther record. I maybe I. I don't know it's if it's going to It's the Avengers, which is going to do great either way. Yeah. But I think for this movie, the power of this movie, it gave obviously like everyone a sense of hope, but it gave black people a sense of hope to just see us in a positive light. Not not necessarily like Definitely. us as a, in a gang member or some type of film like that or like a slave film yes, yes, or yes. a it's struggle a film. film. It's a superhero film and it's like gives our kids somebody to look now, up there to. Now there have been superhero fi- been superhero films before. before. It. Yeah, but this, but is, like this is like on a major relatable. scale. Major scale, yes. You know, like Blank Man, Damon Wayans killed Blank Man. <laughs> Blank Man is my movie, okay? Uh, Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang is the greatest superhero Blade. of all our time. Sippy towel on the Tammy side, my Damien. <laughs> what a towel. You better sign your pity on the runny kind, okay? <laughs> Pootie Tang is the best, all right? Blade well, was a superhero. Blade was a superhero. Fucking Hancock. Hancock. But it was just like, this was a, a like a non- like it was just like it was. But it was major. It was it's major. Marvel. And it also was just like it wasn't just showing like a, another superhero movie, but it was like this is a king. We own the kingdom. It's like the world. If it all comes to like goes to shit, we can save the world just ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we have the power to take the world to another level. You know, with our technological advancements and our culture and our understanding of things. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can see before, obviously, like no spoilers, but like in certain portions in the movie, you can see how peaceful of a place Wakanda was. You know what I mean? Like everybody was living in harmony. There was not really issues, and they had like a balance. There was a balance that, and like kind of like a tone that everybody respected. Um, and it was just crazy to see that you know it's like we typically don't see that in our regular black culture every day that like we're living cohesively you know what i mean like for years obviously the bloods and the crips has always been a thing gangs gang violence has been an issue the east coast west coast beef you know what i mean like i feel like the man or the system has always tried to put a place where we never really unite and bring ourselves together because this is out of conflict comes destruction and if we don't have any conflict we can't destroy ourselves that means less mm. of us in the prison system that means less people getting killed you know what i mean right, that right, means right. more people going to college more people going to jobs you know what i mean and that's the like, i think that's what america's biggest fear is is that like we all band together and rise up and once we realize that like how powerful we really are that the country is going to just like be paralyzed because they're not going to know what to do with themselves because we, they know who really has the power for years they've been kind of painted that us as the minority it's like no you guys are the minority you're living in our world and we allow you to live in it you know what i we mean we push the culture forward we've always done uh, that and that's just because you know american culture really there is no real culture. Like, mm-hmm. white people don't really have a culture. You know? No. Like, American whites. I mean, like, if you're from France or from Scotland, like, there's a culture for that. But um, American, like, white culture, there is none. Mm-hmm. So, like, what it is is, like, we have hip-hop culture mm-hmm. and shit. That, and it's so popping that it transcends everything and is what pushes it forward. Everybody wants it to be that. Mm-hmm. And it's um one thing that we touched on last week is that uh we talked about how Black Panther, there was a petition... Um, 
that they said that they should donate like the proceeds, like ten percent or twenty percent of proceeds mm-hmm. from the movie. Uh, and I was like, oh, Disney shouldn't doesn't have to do that. There's actually an update. Disney did donate money, yeah, definitely uh, a million to Boys and Girls Club. Maybe they could have donated more, but mm-hmm. they did. Uh, from the Black Panther proceedings. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm one person who went to the Boys and Girls Club when I was younger, and that shit was popping. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that shit. And I guess it's just it's just a great place to have kids to put them so they could do something after school, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, luckily, but we're lucky to live in NYC where things like that are more easily available. Mm-hmm. But other places, it's not. It's not really available, yeah. Unfortunately. Even like places like Chicago. Um, but it, it shit is different now because with the internet age, like I don't know, like kids do kids want to have a place to go after school? Nah, not really. I mean, like, to play basketball. Like when I was in the boys and girls club, I was went because it was we could play basketball, we could play pool. I loved just playing pool and shit, and like arts and crafts and shit. Like it was cool to me, you know. I think like, uh, the kids the kids want to do that. They have a like they have an iPhone. I feel like just like the the system. Of- no kids go to the park anymore. Yeah, I mean, they do like. Like, people go to the park and play basketball, but it's not like before. Yeah, but, you know, I also think it's just, like, parents, we're living in a different age of, like, parenting. And, like, remember, like, the kids who are kids now are products of, like, parents who grew up in the 90s. Right. Like, 80s, early 90s, you know what I mean? So, like, the kids now, like, it's crazy to think that, like, when we were... The kids like who were born in 2000 are graduating high school right yeah, now. Yeah, my brother's one of them. You know, so like they're not really kids in the sense they're more facts. They're more adults. So like the kids, kids now they were born in like 2003, 2004, 2010, even 10, even 2010. You know, eight but years old. They you got to think about the fact that it's like they're That's facts. what they grew up with. The parents, since parenting situation is probably not necessarily the same as us you know like i feel like my parents always play place the importance for us to like go outside and ride our bikes and be active and stuff like that and like social media wasn't really big thing and like ipads and iphones weren't a big thing like that or whatever so it's like when my parents just forced us to go outside and play right um but i definitely think with like with the boys and girls club and stuff like that i think it's still a good thing to do i know there's some kids who do the ymca and after school programs but i think what is cool now is that a lot of those programs integrate more things to for the kids to be exposed to um for instance like there's another i think it's called like the beat summit or something like that but it's like a program connected with the boys and girls club or like ymca or something like that and they teach kids after school how to dj and produce ah. um or like there's another company called i will graduate and it's like an after school program where they and like put the arts in schools so they help with like after school um dance programs after school acting programs production music production programs so it's like uh, it's not necessarily activeness and like kids are going and playing basketball or baseball or football and stuff like that it's but like, they're putting they're their- putting them more like the arts are important these are things you can do science yeah, is important yeah, yeah. these are things you can do so i think that like the practical use and trying to encourage kids and like teach them about career paths at an early age is a good thing that's happening mm-hmm. and not necessarily just like oh sports 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 definitely 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 because you know that's mean? what really um kids think are the only way out yeah it's like i gotta play basketball or play sports yeah exactly you know and there isn't there's mm-hmm. millions of others and nowadays you can create your own job honestly um I think too it's just like 
the representation of us and what the kids see on a regular basis you know what i mean um what do you the kids see who do they hear about they hear about lebron james they hear about steph curry lebron james and they look up to those type of guys you know what i mean um on a sports sector who do they hear on a music sector little uzi you got little pump all these kids and stuff like that so it's like those are the kids (laughs) that people who are these kids are looking up to and it's like yo i could be a rapper or i could be a basketball player and i'm not to say that like LeBron and Steph Curry are not good role models. I think they're great role models. I think they're great people outside of the court and on the court. Um, LeBron James is 100 times better than MJ. MJ, I think, see, and that's why people get it messed up with LeBron. In terms of, like, because... MJ was never political. He, he was never political. He never really spoke his mind. And I think he... And LeBron James is, and he uses his platform to profess how he truly feels. Exactly. And unfortunately, like... Not unfortunately, but... He... We can't look up to the president, so... He needs to set the example, you know? True. And he tries to, and I think he succeeds, even though he does have his haters all the time. Always. And, um... But it's, uh, I feel like that comes with the territory of, like, being in a position... But because kids put so much, like look up to them so much that's why they might feel they need to do something but some people don't like a lot of people look up to travis scott like little kids love travis scott i love travis scott is travis scott does is he should he use his platforms to try and but that's a good spread, question spread good or nah stay out of it i think in terms of politics i guess but you don't not everybody's in politics but it's also there's two things that i've or are are we like you know what i mean like because of the times we live in you everyone should do their due duty and if they have a platform do it like for the greater good well i think the all right these two points so uh they always say art reflects life um that anything you do in an artistic way is just a reflection that might uh, something that goes on in your personal life or the personal life of somebody else and also think um in the form i think it was nina simone said it where she said it's the artist's duty to um talk about the times or profess about the times or whatever um and you got to think about it in the context of like the civil rights era um going into like not even past civil rights era but like the police brutality issues and stuff like that like think about it public enemy and like nwa they were like groundbreaking especially in the 90s for hip-hop because they were going against the system that was bringing them down even in the 80s even in the 80s like these are people who are going up against using their platform and saying you know what we need to talk about this you think about all the the musicians that came in the civil rights era um that really use their platform to talk about this i feel like as an artist it's your duty and as, as anybody of significant importance like that's why every you know famous person quote unquote they have like a um charity that they, that um, they work with or a foundation. Um, a foundation or something it's because like what is all that money if you're not doing any good with it? Or Definitely. what is all that power if you're not doing something with it? Like, what? Like, I really think about it like all those low-level basketball players who play in the NBA who, like, you only know the kid, their person's name because you're that's your favorite team and that's, like, somebody who you know or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, what is that guy really doing with that $5 million? He doesn't really have a public platform. You know what I mean? Nobody really knows him except the people who knows the team, who know the team. So it's like, what is he doing with that 5 to $10 million salary that he's getting? Is he doing something positively? Um, is he using his platform as a low-level person to try to do the same thing? Versus, like, LeBron, this dude is making, what, close to... 80 
to $100,000 to play basketball. I mean, $100 million to play basketball for a certain amount of years or whatever. Probably even more, because, like, look at um, James Harden and, like, um, Steph Curry. They're getting max contracts for five years for, like, $250 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? LeBron James, honestly, is the most underpaid athlete. Underpaid, yeah. Because of all the money that he brings to Cleveland, mm-hmm. the, like, the tourism, and because of him, just because of him, the people that have jobs because of him in uh Boost the economy of Cleveland, like mm-hmm. OD. If he were, when he leaves, because he's gonna leave after this year, probably. I don't think so. Uh, nah, he's probably gonna leave, and uh, that's gonna dis- people are gonna lose jobs, mm-hmm. like in Cleveland. The economy's gonna go down, and but and to only get paid what he gets paid, like it's bad. About money, money brings it to the organization and to the city. Mm-hmm. But see, I think the reason why I don't think that he's gonna leave is because. LeBron loves Ohio. He loves if he Ohio. doesn't win, he's gonna leave. And I, 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 I three in a row. Let That's me just it. not talk about the the basketball LeBron situation and how I feel about that. I'm telling you, because I know leave. I'm just gonna go. If he loses, if he if he wins, he'll stay. But um, but the thing about now is that because I do I do definitely believe the Cavs are gonna go to the finals because mm-hmm. playoff LeBron is like none other. Um, and it's gonna be them and this Warriors again probably. Mm-hmm. But Warriors are just too stacked, bro. This is, no, they're too stacked. But you know what it is? Is LeBron, LeBron is he never like, has... The only he's going to go to the Spurs. No, he's not going to go to the Imagine? Spurs. Imagine? No. <laughs> nah. I really... I think that he's going to stay in Cleveland. That's me personally. But my issue is they never put the right people around LeBron. And yeah. the thing is... LeBron, he needs a team built around him. And yeah, I don't yeah, think of yeah. him in the same context as I think of him, like, think of, like, Melo, where they tried to build a team around Melo, and Melo's a difficult player for people yeah, to deal yeah, yeah. with. LeBron can take charge. He He'll can take, take charge, charge and, like, lead people and, like, encourage them. Like, let's really, the year that they lost, that um, Golden State lost to Cleveland or whatever, he had some good role players. It was him and Kyrie. They had a great center. They had Tristan Thompson. You know, Kevin Love was out that season. But they was putting in that work. And he had a good team surrounding him. I feel like if he has a solid point guard or a solid center, he can make moves. You know what I mean? And LeBron, like, he's a huge passer. I don't know if people really notice that. Oh, but yeah. he passes the ball a lot. And he tries to be selfless. And I think more recently with, like, um, Larry Nance Jr. on the team, they've been having, like, awesome chemistry back and forth between them two. So I'm very interested to see how the time And that's why they out. had to get rid of, like, Isaiah Thomas and get these other new players, players who, yeah. who will play around him so he can take charge. And also... That's what LeBron is going to do. He's going to take... He's like, look, I'm going to get you the ball. You has got to play and score, like... That's all you need, and mm-hmm. LeBron will take charge, and that's what he needs. And I also think that, like, that's probably the reason why him and Kyrie didn't work out that well is because Kyrie is, like, very, like, I'm a selfish basketball player, and he's like, I have a team, but I'm also going to – it's about me most of the time. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of, like, the MO of, like, most of the players yes. around the NBA. Because yes. you look at, like, James Harden, you look at Russell Westbrook. They all want their own team. They only want, want their whole team. That they and are I can understand that. Which is good. And don't get me wrong. They're putting up numbers, 40, 50 points per game, but, like – why do you think that the Spurs, about why the Warriors are always winning? Because they have a team. Mm-hmm. Like, if Steph, Steph, Clay, and um, Draymond don't play or they sit on the bench, their bench is just as strong as their starting definitely, five. Definitely. You know what I mean? That's going to put in that work. It's about a team effort. I feel like that's also, I think that's a crazy metaphor for. I don't know, some things that we have been going through as, like, we're building our team, like, for Roundtable. It's just, like, sometimes we all get caught up in, like, 
doing our own individual thing, whether it's like for a round table or outside of round table, that we kind of lose sight of like the team and yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. about the team. And I feel like just as millennials and generals, like we're also caught up in our individual thing and we're, everybody wants to be a part of something, but we're all caught up in our in- individual things that we're not, we're losing sight of like what's important, a, a piece of ourselves. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like with with the team. Yeah, you know, it's like I see what you mean. Um, like uh, definitely, I mean personally, like I always say that I'm 100% for, and I really don't have much like outside, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm what I'm doing outside is like, if anything, it's still for roundtable because I still I like I'm like roundtable first. Mm-hmm. That's my team. <laughs> you gotta but, rep um, something But um We just have to see How it is gonna be After this residency Ends Uh Just so you know guys Our last show March Madness Is coming up It's coming And it's uh This Saturday Uh March something March uh 12th it's March 10th March 10th <laughs> <laughs> At uh 8.45pm Uh Please come out You know We're gonna It's our last show ever For our contract now uh, we're gonna be doing some other shit after, but we'll announce that after. But yeah, please come bring your friends. Ali the Great. Um, who else is on there? Um, Sol- Solar? No, not Solar. No, Ali the Great, Stacy B, Gerard, uh, JL Era, Vanity, um, Shura Ali. Um, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be Sounds by uh, Tofu Jack and Kimbo. Yo, I'm out here doing King a Jules. DJ set. It's uh, gonna be hosted by yours truly and the Don, you know, the usual. Um, I'm gonna try to come up with some jokes for this time, you know. I'm really trying to perfect my hosting craft. Mm-hmm. Not that I haven't been practicing, not that I've been practicing, but I really want to get to the point where I can like make niggas laugh, like Richard Pryor. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be exactly like Richard Pryor. <laughs> nah, Richard Pryor is the goat. That pause where the um, you know Marlon Brando stuff with Quincy Jones announced a couple weeks back. Uh, Quincy Jones, I didn't read the article, but he apologized. He apologized. What did yeah. he say? He said, I didn't read the article. So he, he says that he kind of blamed it on his old age. And he said that when you get, well, to, that's a what certain, I figured, you like, get to a certain point in your life where you start talking and you just don't, you're not concerned about what you're, you're saying. And he was like, I apologize if what I said might have affected anyone or tainted anybody's image, which okay. is respectable. But I feel like everybody's so sensitive and also just like, these are things that there's a whole side of the world that we just don't know about. There's Definitely. a secret side of like everything that we don't know about. And I feel like the world would be a better place if we stop fronting and just be honest with ourselves and like not being scared to say what we have to say. Cause that's a huge issue. And I, I think like And I think that's why Quincy Jones said it, because he's at his old age. Yeah. And but I, I feel like why I do think- you have to wait till for your old age? To say what you really feel and be honest. Because unfortunately, like, people's things can get uh, affected by it. Unfortunately. And sometimes you got to keep things to yourself. Well, all right. So I'm on book two. Our last episode, I was talking about I was reading a book on communication. and Read now, a book. Read a book. Read a motherfucking book. Where the yodorant, nigga? Where the yodorant? <laughs> brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Brush your motherfucking teeth. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that shit was jokes. Um, 
no but to be honest yeah i've been reading a book about um i think i don't remember what the title is but it was like about not giving a fuck or and yes yeah. certain things that you should give a fuck about and um what you shouldn't give a fuck about and i feel like we get are so concerned about like what other people think and there's a way to not give a fuck and give a fuck at the same time without hurting people it's like politely giving a fuck this there's, there's a spectrum too you know you got like niggas like 50 cent <laughs> who does not give, give zero fucks give zero well, okay okay no 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 that's not the issue she's donald trump yeah absolutely zero no fucks, fucks. He, he, what he says has no effect on anyone but like he doesn't affect him and anyone that does absolutely affect just whatever zero and then you got like 50 cent who have you know uh well fortunately recross is out of the hospital now but he was in the hospital for apparently had a heart attack mm-hmm. and still for rick still 50 cent put, still out here put a post about it saying some some fucked up shit mm-hmm. while the niggas in the hospital yeah like beef doesn't die the book you're reading is not is it the subtle art of not giving a fuck um, by Mark Manson. This is another one that uh, is a you know New York Times bestsellers that I've been meaning to read. Um, it's like very similar to the one you have. Um, this is the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. How to stop spending time you don't have with people you don't like and doing things that you don't want to do by Sarah Knight. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, it's great. That's it's a long like ass that. title. Um, it's important to not give a fuck. And personally, I don't give a fuck. You know about really what anyone thinks about me. Um, and I feel like I keep my circle close. Like whoever, like I don't want the energy. Like fuck that, you know. I, I, I think I've always, I feel like I've always been that way. At least definitely, maybe not forever, but nowadays, like I'm an adult. I got my own place. You just got like I, I got, don't care. Like I don't. There's no one. I I, I don't need to see anyone. That, like when you're in school, you you you, ha- you see people you don't want to see really. Mm-hmm. Like unfortunately, you have to see them because you're gonna walk by them. But like at work, like I don't have beef with anyone. Whatever, I just go in and do my work, and that's it. We out one, two, three. And also, you know? there's like the there's something in this book they talk about is like the not sorry method of not giving a fuck or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like not giving a fuck and just like feeling like you know what, like there's no repercussions of me not caring, and it's whatever. Like, look, I don't care about all these extra people. And also, I think which is what I found interesting about this book is that. It's not necessarily telling you about like not giving a fuck, but it's also telling you about like look at the things that like bring you happiness and bring you joy and kind of just realize like what do you need to bring um what do you need to bring back? You know, what do you need to subtract from your life? What is really bothering you and what is really making you happy? And it's like the stuff that's really bothering you and annoying you, it's like subtract that from your life so you can spend more time doing what makes you happy. And I feel like for me right now, I just think that I'm in a weird place where I really am not about my job. Um, I feel like I'm in a very conflicting position and my job is always, it's always like wishy-washy and it's like there, the sense of security that I thought I had in this position, um, it's always in question. And I just think that like, I'm so concerned about like what might happen or what, like if I quit or if I stay there or if I go and find a new job and stuff like that. And I just realized that like, I want to spend more time doing what makes me happy. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, working in the studio and like working with artists on the regular every day or, you know, working on video projects or working on social media projects, like that stuff that I want to do every day. Um, I but unfortunately, like, don't pay the bills right now. It doesn't pay the bills. You know what I mean? But it's also sometimes you got to take that leap. Of yes, faith. definitely. Um, because the author, 
mother here she was saying how she was working at some like corporate gig at like a publishing company and she quit that job and she ended up going and like started working as a freelance writer and publisher and it was kind of crazy to think and it's like what if you i just like didn't give a fuck and was just like you know what tomorrow i'm quitting my job and it's just like whatever and i'm gonna work it out and i'm not gonna worry about worried about it and just like take that leap of faith because i've heard people really take those leap of faith yeah, recently yeah, yeah. and like it worked out better for them you know what i mean it's like they have more security not having a job and like saying like yo i got jobs lined in i'm doing freelance work i'm doing this i'm doing that and it's like you're truly happy when you're doing that there's no bullshit behind it there's no and like it won't feel like work and it won't feel like work you know it's like hey you know i'm just going to do you know it's possible i I was i would suggest you know if possible you know have like three months of rent ready yeah definitely i mean um that's what i've been thinking about lately honestly like ever since i got an apartment it's been harder to save Mm -hmm. you know i have a savings always yeah but um now like i have bills like i pay my internet bill my gas like everything you know it's just unfortunately it's harder to save now Mm -hmm. and um I'd be thinking about like, man, I want to quit my job and like. Just like, like, oh, if I quit I, my job, how I am I gonna like, pay my rent? I just like, yeah. How like, am I gonna pay my utilities? It's like, you know, um, I have a credit card, but you know, I don't want to fucking blow that shit up. But I, I just would like three months. I, that's what they say. Like, have it like three months, mm-hmm. have it ready. Um, one other thing is, uh, I wish I, I, what we need to start doing is investing in something, mm-hmm. get that extra cash, flip shit. Maybe if we like have a jerk chicken stand. Like that's it's, this is crazy that you mentioned this because more recently um, you want a jerk chicken stand no, i don't want a jerk t- chicken stand because Fire, if you go if you have a jerk chicken stand people are gonna hate you you know why because jamaican restaurants always yeah, run out of food well you could be different <laughs> um no but (laughs) (laughs) they do man they really do always it'd be like one o'clock and they have no oxtails bro like who really came in here to buy up all the oxtails before one o'clock make oxtail uh cheap again um but yeah facts oxtails are like 14 dollars any jamaican girls out there i'll take you to get oxtail oxtail um i'll spend the bread on your shoddy yo that's a plug so i got kevin's number if y'all need it just let me know i'm doing the screening process lately bro i've been thinking about like yo I need a girl who's my, oh my. I, I need a girl, girl to be my wife. I need, I need a girl. girl who, uh, uh, uh. I, I need, need a girl in my life. Yo, I need a girl to come and cuddle with, spend the night, have some fun with, play some Mario Kart with. This is a freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I don't need a girl. But, um. Fuck these girls. No, that's not nice. Nah. We love our women. It's women's history. I love, I love women. Yeah, that's women. why I respect them. That's why I don't want to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, invade their space. Love. I just want to make. I want to. I just want to see y'all winning always. Um, y'all support <laughs> us every day. But segueing into the the fact that you brought up the jerk chicken stand, um, I like. I've been thinking about this recently. It's like, yo, a lot of people have like crazy side hustles. It's like you need, you side need and I feel like especially in New York City, it's like you can't just work your regular day job. No, like your re- your regular day job, it could be pulling for some people, but there's some people who gotta do like their regular day job, do a part time job, and then got a crazy side hustle on the side. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like also, I feel like as a young mogul on the come up, like I'm and but for yourself as well like we're doing all these events and like parties and like um shows and stuff like this and then like putting on artists and doing these releases and stuff like this 
but um it requires time it requires money you know what i mean and yeah definitely it's like sometimes it's hard to try to find balance between your like regular nine to five and then trying to do your side hustle but also trying to put on your brand you know what i mean um honestly what you got to do is just give up sleep bro get true giving up sleep for the time being mm-hmm. you got to give it up man and but see, it's also, really you got to be strong-willed it's i think too like and then like just run your time efficiently just like that's you know, exactly what i was just gonna like say. Jeff, jeff bezos and you know bill gates they are able to effectively use their time so efficiently and effectively mm-hmm. like they had like you know like elon musk they divide their schedules by five minutes mm-hmm. five minute slots of things I, to get done you gotta be a fe- like you gotta be effective in your time because there's no purpose of losing sleep and say yo like i'm staying up till five in the morning i'm working on my hustle working on my side <laughs> my side crap and it's just like bro you're working staying up to five o'clock in the what morning to do what you and it's like it. you can be effective and say you know what i work my nine to five i got off at six i'm gonna be home by 7 30 i'm gonna work on what i gotta work on from eight to um 10 11, and then yeah. and i'm gonna go to bed from 10 to 6 yeah and then i'm gonna get up early and i'm gonna work on it a little before i go to work and then go about my day it's all about like your planning um and executing and also like i realized more importantly um ever since that we did the business plan for 2018 yeah i feel like i've been so inclined to stick to it you know what i mean it's like writing things down is definitely like of one great step towards trying to complete shit. It says it in the Bible. If Write the just, vision and make it plain, bro. Yeah, that's beautiful. It is. I'm about to get that tatted, honestly. I don't know where it is, but it's in the Bible. My mom used to say it. It's true, bro. If you like write shit down, not and I'm a person who doesn't write shit down, unfortunately. Maybe mm-hmm. if I did, I get shit done. You know, um if you write shit down, like it'll make you want to do it, honestly. And you gotta pick is, you gotta true. pick it up and write it down. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, maybe it'll more than likely get done. And if you continue continue to do that, then you'll be build that worth ethic, and it'll feel good. The endorphins will come out of your mm-hmm. brain, and you will like feel like you're accomplished something. You'll be happier. Yeah. Um, and like, you gotta you know, look at you know, it. I did something, and it makes you feel good. It does. Instead and of just trying to pay this check, get this check. You read about that one. You know, and then you spend it on the blow. I mean, on uh, weed. You don't spend it on and blow. I don't. Weed. I don't. Send, I don't condone any of that um, <laughs> but what i'm trying to say is that you know people be out here just you know doing the wrong things spend the 400 in the weekend and then survive on 50 yeah for the next two weeks it's, you gotta do you gotta be smart about every move that you make like i feel like <laughs> every move has to be i think about like a chess game you have to be three moves ahead in everything that you do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i think why i feel like we weren't being productive or myself like especially with like growing round table is because i was only think doing and thinking about things like for a, the short term the short term a three month span you know what i mean it's yeah. like last year booking the anniversary it was like okay we're working on the anniversary book the anniversary get the artist all right we got the anniversary booked so the first three months is like worried about the anniversary and then after that was like all right so what do we do now and then luckily we got the residency yeah, at Star yeah, Bar, yeah, yeah. and that kind of like jump started us on really focusing ourselves and like really planning ahead um i think it was a little hard at first because like i think our my thought process was just like okay this date this date just thinking of that date and it's like no like I think it really came into fruition in January when I was like, okay, this is January show, but also like 
March show is already booked. It's planned. I got mm-hmm. the artist. I know what's happening with the March show. I know what the details are. Like these are ev- everything that's gonna happen. And then now it's like, okay, April's booked. It's done. So what are we doing for May? May needs to be done. May, May needs to be booked. Same thing for Ju- June and July going forward. And I feel like that thought process it forces you to like stay on track and really like get it done. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Without it, I don't know. It's kind of like. I don't think the, the projects that we have planned will actually get done without that, like, that focus, if that makes any sense. And the focus has been there, you know. The the Vivi Who thing, I think, was very I nice. think I was re- really proud of, really proud of that. I feel like there was some skepticism about it, but, um... <laughs> I'll, I'll talk after. I was gonna say, why didn't Fanny come? She uh, wasn't there, right? I, no, she wasn't there. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. But but um, if you guys didn't come to the Vivi Who show, Vivi Who actually, you know, she's our one of our artists that we have released her EP. Check that shit out. A new creation. A new creation. All platforms. And you know, it was honestly seeing because she she had the physical copy, guys, and on the back of the physical copy, copy you see the round table stand, yeah. and that shit is. I was I was like, wow. It was honestly that. I feel like anytime I see a visual representation, like I read, get ready to cry. Physical. 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 Um, because of that, this like I feel like this social media game and like digital streams and all of that, it's like we don't get a chance to see physical anything yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a time. And like physical flyers or physical posters or anything like that. And it's just like, you know, I feel like I referenced the fact that when my parents bought me the backdrop, like I yeah, was falling yeah. crying. But it was just like. For months, I was kind of like down on myself, and I saw that visual and physical representation of Roundtable, and I was like, "This is what I've been working towards. Like, this is something bigger than me." You know what I mean? And like seeing that logo on that on that album, like that day, I'm a big crybaby. I cry about everything, but like that made me want to cry <laughs> because I was just like, "This is it." Are you, you gonna know? cry when you get the Grammy? Am I gonna, yo, motherfucker? I'm crying. I'm gonna be bawling. I'm getting my Grammy by 25 anyway. So I turned 24 this year. Next year, you're going to catch me at the Grammys. I don't care what you say. That has been the goal of my life since I was 15, and it's going to happen. We okay? need to get the summer record right now. So <laughs> it's all right. We I have bo- until, what is need, it? We need a Bodak. September. September something. September September 2018 to be in the submissions for next year's Grammy. Yeah, exactly. Or technically, I'll be 25 next year, so, so I can submit for, for 2019 yeah, yeah, yeah. Grammys and then be 25 with yes, the yes. Yeah. The 62nd Grammy Awards come around. That's when I'll get my Grammy, 62nd Grammy Awards. That'd be so lit. And I'm going to dedicate it to my mom, my father, my little brother, to all the niggas who used to doubt me, who thought I was a corny-ass nigga with glasses. And when, the, I, when you get the first one, you got to be like, and end it with like... Uh, I want to thank God. This ain't the... Something like, this ain't this ain't the first one, or this ain't the last one. Be like, I'll see you again. Something like that. So I'll be back. <laughs> I will be back. That's what when I saw Kendrick open up for Kanye at the Yeezus tour, um, he was like, uh, when Kendrick finished, he's like, Chicago, I will be back, and like walked away and left. And this he dropped mic ended. drop. I want to have an old like, mic drop. I was like, oh shit, man. I was shaking honestly when I saw Kendrick. This is old Kendrick too. This is what, what before the Pimper Butterfly. Like so, this is like 2006, 2008, 2013. Oh. Jesus, Jesus, 2013. Oh, okay. Um, you know, this is Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick, and he's like, you know, he wasn't as people used to people still sleep on Kendrick, but remember people used to sleep on Kendrick? yeah for real. Damn, you know, really kind of like made him out there like nah, for real I think, like I your think, kung fu kenny 
you know, he was still popping, but like, especially with the Untitled Unmastered shit. Okay. And when he's on the live shows, I the tonight shows and shit, that shit was popping. And then, but when you drop, damn, damn, this shit is amazing. I think to, bim- to Pimp a Butterfly, people were scared because obviously people are always scared with like sophomore drops. Um, Definitely. But I think people were like so amazed with To Pimp a Butterfly. And some people considered like, to Pimp a Butterfly to be one of the best rap albums of all oh, time. It most definitely is. Um, it, it it's, it's a truly a classic, honestly. And the spectrum the, is amazing. And the black excellence that it's trying to portray yeah. is, you know, really timeless. The song You, like, You, I think, is one of the oh. greatest songs ever created. Loving You is complicated. Loving You is complicated. When he's like, you shot my nigga in the head. Why would you do him like that? So, like the emotion, like it's just deep. And you hear him drinking the alcohol, and it's like dripping. Like it's. I think the layers to that shit is just <laughs> simply amazing. And, and his artist, his level of artistry is just like on off the top. Like honestly, I, every time I hear "All Right," it's just like I can't even describe the feeling because like every word has a meaning, and I feel like that's just something that. Kendrick portrays in his music is just yes. like every word you can hear the emotion you can hear the passion behind it and it means something you know yes, um, and yes, yes. living in a generation of like musicians and rappers that like especially with like the cloud rap sound or the mumble rap sound it's like very hard to like really find meaning in what they're saying yeah. because the context of everything that they're saying is just like I'm trapping out here drinking pills uh, taking pills drinking lean all this bullshit and it's like no this, we need substance you know that's why like people love Kendrick that's why people love J. Cole that's why people love Joey Badass um, this is why people love Jay this is why people love Eminem They're, I fucking just said Eminem out of nowhere I fucking hate Eminem everybody I, knows that I love what you said when you said every word like every single word means something, means something yeah. you know it brings you back to like classic literature yeah. you know like the great Gatsby like the great Gatsby is considered one of the best books ever every page and every paragraph in the great gatsby is significant to the book to, to the, the book, book. Yeah. like every there's not a wasted word on that and like that's what makes it such a perfect book mm-hmm. and like kendrick is able to do that with his music and to, he really did do that to, to butterfly. So with me to be a butterfly is perfect the only thing that's not perfect about it is just that you to the regular listener it isn't as appealing mm-hmm. You really have to be kind of like a person who's willing to sit there and truly, truly break it understand. down. It's not like a, a like a fast and listen, a radio listen. Exactly. Like if you just listen to it for the first time, you're not gonna understand it. Mm-hmm. It's so layered, like on that, like you what but every word he's saying is true. If you sit down and listen, every single paraphrase, everything, everything, everything is so so significant. It's so powerful. Just the way mortal, it's y'all, mortal man. It's so powerful. Can mortal I borrow man a dollar? How, yo, how do, that how much a dollar costs? Dollar cost? like, <laughs> complexion deep wesley's theory deep these walls deep if these walls could talk every every sex. song on that album is just like i can't even put into words um with you with you with you you should see kevin right now he's really out here these walls is my shit bro if the, these walls could talk they tell you that's my if like good. if i were an artist bro and like that's the type of shit I wish I could create. Yeah. These walls, like, that's the type of shit that is lust. Like, I'm damn lust to me. That shit is so powerful. Like, puts me in another world mm-hmm. for some reason. And that's just what's... But... Element, bro. It's so fucked up that not any, everybody can realize that about Kendrick. And True. I don't want to be writing his nuts and shit. Because I, like, you know, I feel the same way about Kanye. But that's just what how greatness and uh, timeless music 
Doesn't. I, I feel like we. That's why Kendrick is like standing out so much in the industry is because of the fact that he's creating timeless music. Like, let's be honest. Like, the mumble rap sound is not timeless. It's gonna be gone. It's gonna be gone. It's gonna be gone. Like, there was always a mumble rap. That laffy tap. Yeah, like it's gonna go and pass away. Like, it's gonna be a nostalgia. Like that was ringtone rap. Yeah, the ringtone rap era where everything was a ringtone and shit. You know, before that it was, um, I don't know. What is it in the 90s? Like Snoop Dogg. They didn't really like fuck with Snoop Dogg that much. Parents didn't like fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even know who else. Uh, well, people hated rap for a really long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just rap. But in terms of like in rap, um, people didn't like the new shit. Like, um, what's his nigga's name? I think Grandmaster Cass didn't really fuck with KRS one. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's like old shit. But he was like, who is this new nigga? Like, what the fuck? I'm the real shit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be fucking with this new shit. You know, and so uh, there will always be that mumble rap thing. Mumble rap is not gonna; it isn't timeless. It's not timeless. It's not gonna, there's gonna be something else soon. Like, That's gonna in, come in up and years. really change it up. And um, you know, then there was also um, drill rap drill. from Chicago. Drill that was another thing. Like I feel like honestly, grime is gonna come up in the, in the United States, especially with like it everybody, might. Everybody loves. I'm not t- saying that Man's Not Hot was like grime, but like. People's reaction to man's that's not a hot. comedy song. It's though. a comedy song. That's just fire. But people's reaction to that was like, she told her, "Take off your jacket." I said, "Man's it's not gonna hot. Do pop, pop. It's fire, 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 it's a fire." But uh, now this has been great. You know, this is another edition of the one and only Mogul Talk. Yeah, yo, shout out to Mogul Talk presented by Table Talk Radio. Episode Thank you guys 10. for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Always. Uh, you know, we're going to have some guests soon. You yes. Know, express their excellence. Um, let, let us know who you got in mind. Yes. Hit us up in the DMs. Also, drop any questions um, or any topics that you want to hear us talk about. Um, we would love to hear some of that. Um, but for that, that's just going to be it. Come Find to our show, March Madness. March Madness. Um, probably by the time you hear this one um you won't hear about this but we got a special collab if you're listening to this you are the first person to hear this um outside of the the team of people who know this but we got a special collab with nomadic um super dope music platform um and blog you should definitely check them out we're doing a party hosted at the gateway in brooklyn um details are coming soon expect that flyer release on next week probably about the 12th after march madness so stay tuned for that one it's gonna be really cool sounds provided by myself uh tofu jack suwap and dale knows um so it's gonna be a lit time but for that that's mogul talk follow me on instagram i am king jules and on twitter follow me on instagram no church in the city on twitter marinara sauce um and yeah you know find me at your girls crew Facts. You know, I'm a, I'm taking applications nigga. for fire Jamaican girls who got, you know, no fire ox sales for Kevin. Jamaican girls don't suck dick though, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> They'll be like, you want me to put my mouth where? No, yo, no, no. <laughs> what happens? It's like a thing. Same thing Jamaican guys don't eat, you know, the box. I didn't, where did you hear this from? That's a, like a stereotype. Jamaicans don't eat, you know. They, they don't. I didn't. I didn't know. I don't. I didn't know that this was like a thing. Um, um, 
You're putting me on to the things that maybe I was. Not that I've ever been with Jamaicans. Cause I haven't. Have I? No, I have. I have. I have. Whatever, man. That's mogul talk. <laughs> Episode ten. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Episode 10. This is your boy, the sauce. Peace out. This is King Jules. We out of here. Swag. <laughs>